Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes, fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> I see what you did there. Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 36 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Weekend Preview. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. This evening's episode brought to us, as always, by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. Thank you uh, to the good people at S2 Cognition. I am joined, as always, by S2 and Aaron Fitt, and Joe Healy, and Kendall Rogers. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we doing? Over, by the way, on 36 Minutes. We over, should keep yeah, a log always, of that. Always doing over. well. I, I'm, a, I'm afraid to give Aaron a cognitive test right now. I'm going to mash the under on 36 Minutes. We're going to keep this Ooh. tight, boys. I believe in us. Aaron's going to just close Aaron's out analysis, of the little recording thing. and like that's how Aaron's gonna analysis is going to be, Runes is going to be, hey, what players should we watch? He's going to go, um, you know, one name, and then that's John Doe, Roy Hobbs. Yeah. Uh, boys, we do have a couple uh, inane banter topics we have to address quickly before we we rifle through the uh, series. Uh, Fitzy's smirking at best, us. Best, you're not going to come out with the best sleepover house again, are no, you? No, we're, we're you guys. You My guys. Wife I'm sad. I'm sad. I missed that question one. the other night. Yeah, you guys like, did a horrible did job from? with that. Horrible. <laughs> My house. Yeah, that, I would have had a great answer for your rooms. My house was the sleepover house. It was. See, there you go. It was. Joe, when you don't attend the <laughs> podcast, all heck breaks loose. Uh, uh, boys, here's you're... here's the first thing that needs clarification. Uh, the podcast earlier this week, the the great town of Cut and Shoot, Texas, came up, and oh, yeah. unfortunately, Cut and Shoot, Texas, is in the headlines because a, uh, a a not good person at all was apprehended by the authorities in Cut and Shoot. He committed a heinous crime, a tragedy. Um, but and so I was thinking, man, you know, I had people message me on Twitter about that, and my first instinct was, hey, I guess we got to drop the Cut and Shoot, Texas bit. But then I was thinking, man, that's kind of unfair. Like, I don't even yeah. know if this guy was a resident of Cut and Shoot. He was probably just passing through. No, he wasn't. He lived in Cleveland, Texas. There you go. So we won't be bringing up away. Cleveland. But there's a lot of good people in Cut and Shoot, Texas. Did you know, Fitzy, that Roy Harris, heavyweight title contender in 1958, fought Floyd Patterson, his hometown, Cut and Shoot, Texas? I did know so that, Royce. You did know that? Yep. Okay. No, you didn't. <laughs> he did not. He actually, did not. I actually know a girl whose family's all from Cut and Shoot. Oh, that's so great. Where do they go to high school in Cut and Shoot? Is there, there's not a Cut uh, and Shoot high Conroe school. Conroe, maybe, Joe? Would've, yeah, I think they're probably, in, they're probably in Conroe ISD because it's, yeah. it's, it's just up the road. Cut and Shoot consolidated? Not, not a thing? <laughs> I mean, I am willing to funnel money into there just to have Cut and Shoot high school. Oh, you got to be the Cut and Shoot Cowboys, right? If they have a school. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, you would think. That's exactly right. I'm going to yep. shout out, like, on every episode, the, the new bit will be, I'm going to shout out a local business in Cut and Shoot, Texas. Today's business is the bowling alley located on Highway 105 called Time to Spare. No way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tonight's wait, episode brought to you by Time to has, Spare. Wait, Cut and Shoot has a bowling alley now? They do. They, yeah, they've got a yeah. Dude, a I bet that alley. is a seedy bowling alley. It's uh, right it's, up got my four, alley. it's got 4.4 stars on the Google reviews. Yes. So yeah. like, Joe, could you Joe, you're gonna, the address for our listeners Texas, again? You and I are going to the bowling alley and cutting shoes. We should. Yeah, we are. I'm but pulling by up the way, rooms. not not to uh, one three zero two seven highway one oh five, uh, and it's technically listed in Conroe, Texas seven seven three oh six. Can I just go ahead and tell you, Runes? Please. The bar fight meter and cut and shoot, I can guarantee you, is like a nine point eight. I think you might be <laughs> undershooting it right now. It's, it's. I think it's like a fifty out of ten. I feel like that's the number one city name in America, followed by Truth, truth or Consequences, New Mexico. 
that's good too. Yeah, you're you're traveling through cut and shoot Texas. You keep your mouth shut and your head down and <laughs> yeah. just go for the that's best. That's not that's not the kind of place Aaron goes to. No, no, nor, nor nor should he. All right, boys, let's play the feud. <laughs> we 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 got it. We got we got schedules to keep around here. So, um, we're gonna go through the series and we're gonna we'll, we'll just rotate who previews the series. The rest of us will do a, a person of interest and uh, we will go from there. Uh, I'm five games out of first base or first base first place. <laughs> so uh, Mark Etheridge and I are no longer speaking. We will speak after the season, but for right now, this is strictly business, and and Team Etheridge must they must come down. Fitzy, pick a series and please preview it for us. Yeah, I will. Rude. I will. I will pick a series. Um, Great, thank how about, you. <laughs> how about how about Boston College Wake Forest? We got a top yeah. five yeah. showdown here down the road. Big weekend for. BC Eagles um, trying to get, get themselves into hosting position, keep themselves in hosting position. I think we have them right now as a host, uh, but uh, I think they need to make sure they don't get swept. You know, this, mm-hmm. this is that's that's very important here. Uh, they can get a game this weekend at Wake, and then I think the last weekend for them is is winnable. Um, you know, the path is there for them now, but like this is this is coming off a disappointing home series loss at Clemson. Uh, important series for BC and Wake is, you know, Wake is just kind of cruising along here. You got to wonder at some point, is, is there going to be a hiccup for Wake Forest? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, this is, you know, BC's no pushover. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm picking, Kendall, I'm picking Wake. I'm picking Wake, by the way. <laughs> smart. Kendall, who's your player of interest, person of interest? Yeah, I'm going to go with Joe Fatrano from uh, BC. Oh, you know, you think back to the Tennessee game <clears throat> earlier this year, he was a huge component in that win. Um, I think when you're playing a team like Wake, you've got to have somebody – offensively that goes out there and it kind of gives you a, a jolt and gives you a boost and, you know, you know, does something to keep up with their power hitters. And I think for, you know, BC to win that series, I would look at Joe Petrano, uh, the big time slugger for those guys. Joseph. Well, since Kendall went BC, I guess I'll, I'll go with a wake player. I was going to pick for BC Barry Walsh. And I was going to say that among the interesting things about Barry Walsh is that if you ask me how old a person named Barry Walsh is, I would guess, <laughs> 52 53 years old probably higher chunk um, but he's been a you know, he's been, he, yeah he, yeah Insurance. he's been a, he's been a uh, catalyst for that lineup so far this season but i will instead go the wake forest direction and let's go let's go tommy hawk i mean a little bit of a overlooked guy in that offense going into the season there's a lot of emphasis obviously on brock wilkin who's having a great year and, and nick kurtz who's been great when he's been healthy um, but Hawk gives you a different look, obviously. It's a very different type of player than those big power hitters, but hitting nearly 400, getting on base at a better than 500 clip. He walks more than he strikes out. He's got a little bit of speed on a team that doesn't do a whole lot of that, and, and why would you, I guess, given given their lineup? But he just gives gives Wake a little bit of a different look offensively, and you know, how can you not love a guy with his kind of stature and just kind of his game uh, for a team that doesn't give you a whole lot of that? Mm, I love it. You know, who I'm going to go with boys. I'm going to go Fitzy. What you said about BC is so spot on, right? Like they cannot get swept in this deal. And um, uh, Andrew Roman, who's kind of their closer, I suppose, would be the guy that they are. I'm trying to figure out how many appearances he has. He's got 17 appearances. He's got a point oh a point nine oh ERA, eight saves. And Roman is he, they are 15 and two in games where he pitches. So. They've just got to find out. He's a Division three transfer, you know, like Chris Flynn. He's from Salve Regina. And, um, yeah, just, you know, kind of like a guy that it's not overpowering, but it's trickery and savvy. And uh, they got to get him the ball with, with a chance to win a game at least once this weekend. But he's he doesn't generate as many headlines as Chris Flynn, but I do think he's equally important. So give me, give me Andrew Roman right there. Um, Kendall, you pick the next series. Yeah, I'll go with Cal State Fullerton and TCU. I think coming into the season, had you told me that this would be more of a must-win series for TCU than Fullerton, I probably would have totally disagreed with you. But uh, you look at the job that you know Jason Dietrich has done this year. They're sit, you know sitting at seventeen and four uh, in the Big West Conference. Cal State Fullerton actually nine and six guys against RPI top fifty. They get that series win against Texas uh, in non-conference. So Fullerton goes on the road, and this is a huge series for TCU guys. I mean, TCU is a club right now. They're sitting at eight and ten in the Big Twelve. They're on the bad side of the bubble. Um, you know they're what fifty four in the RPI. They got a losing record against top fifty RPI. So this is a game, or this is a series where you know TCU can win it. That really helps their at large case. If they lose it, that means that you know the last couple of weekends of conference and in Arlington, like they're going to have to do something a little bit unexpected. 
and they certainly had the talent to do that. But you just kind of wonder a little bit if the way they played Monday against Texas, the way they played in the midweek, if that is kind of the, you know, the, the boost that this team needed, especially from an offensive standpoint, because our offense finally got rolling again. Joe, player of interest. TCU is a team that you just kind of, in runes, you know this better than anybody you, with calling their games over the weekend. I, I just want to kind of like grab them by the lapels and shake them and kind of be like, <laughs> your season is almost over, you know? Like, what are you doing? Um, just when you consider where they started with that the weekend in Arlington to start the season, and if you would have told me they are where they are now, I, I would have thought they would have had catastrophic injuries or something, you know? Um and my, in light of that, my player to, to watch is Braden Taylor. I mean, he's he's had an okay season, a perfectly mm-hmm. okay season. But given what he was last year and thinking he'd take the next step, he hasn't quite lived up to that. And that's kind of, in the macro view, what's been interesting about this TCU team is their best guys offensively are not necessarily the guys who carried over from last year that we thought, you know, you thought that the foundation would be Braden Taylor and Elijah Nunez and, and, and guys like that. And those guys haven't been the ones driving the bus. It's been Anthony Silva and Cole Fontenelle and Trey Richardson, guys like that. And you just think, man, if this if this lineup could kind of all come together and play well at the same time, mm-hmm. they'd be really, really dangerous, but we just haven't seen it. Yeah, very, very fair. It's TCU is, you know, the I would say – Everything you said about Braden Taylor, Joe, covering them for two games, I still am convinced he's a big leaguer and maybe a long time big leaguer. Like the talent is very easy. Um, but but man, like you can you can go two, four or five innings and not even know he's out there. You know, like he's just yeah. he's so quiet, you know, and I know I'm probably punishing him for he's just a quiet kid. You know, like he's not a he's not a showman in any way. But man, it just—it's wild for me to—I don't mm-hmm. know how to square that thought that I think he's still a yeah. big leaguer and yet he's low impact. Yeah, he, he needs to show a little urgency. I feel like sometimes a little, a little bit more energy. Yeah, the most urgency they're getting is from their freshmen. You know, the, I, I love the freshman class at TCU. I'm, I'll go on the Fullerton side, guys. Player of interest to me on Fullerton—they're really fascinating. Like Nate Nankiel is—he was a big recruit or you know a famous guy coming in, and he's kind of backed that up this year. Nine forty-four OPS, seventeen doubles, five home runs. He was really good in the fall when I saw them. They also have two sixth-year senior pitchers, Tyler Stoltz and Finn Chester who are their top two guys when it comes to innings pitched. And neither of them are, you know, velocity guys or anything like that. Stoltz is a pitchability lefty and Chester is a sinker slider guy, you know, totally pitched to contact, but he's got four walks and 48 innings. So Fullerton is, you know, like I'm, I'm thrilled by how they've played this year. I don't know that I'm buying them to like win a regional or anything, but good for Fullerton to get, you know, Jason Dietrich in that club to get back on the, you know, on the winning trail, if you will. Fitzy, player of interest. Yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Zach Lou. I, I was afraid you were going to pick my pocket because you always talk about Zach Lou. Oh, I love Zach you, Lou. Al- you always pick my pocket. Uh, short guy, veteran guy, uh, hitting three hole for this team. I love it. I love when so a short great. guy is hitting three hole. Uh, I had a nice weekend last weekend in that series win against Northridge. Having a good year, you know, just a solid player. Walks more than he strikes out, you know, moves the ball around. It's a, just a classic classic Fullerton player and uh I, I just want to talk about him because he's awesome do you have a good uh, third baseman on the all fit team Fitzy or he's got a chance he's got a real chance he's got a real chance yeah he's not as he's not as like some of those famous guys like Tommy White Jake Geloff I mean they're they're not all fit no. material not, not all fit material no 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 offense gentlemen but uh Joseph what would you like to go with for a series we'll go South Carolina Kentucky uh, a couple things I'm really interested in with this series and one is South Carolina's injury situation I I just saw the only real update I've I've gotten today is that uh well first of all Mark Kingston got suspended so your head coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks today was Monty Lee um (laughs) about that so yeah, South Carolina. He, did he get bounced? King, King got bounced out of the, the last game. Uh, apparently so. I was not, I did not clock that, but apparently so. I saw the, wow. the beat writers, uh, shout out to Michael and Anna and Alan Cole, like tweeting about that, that Monty Lee was the head coach tonight. Um, so how about that? But um, in, in a post game update, Monty Lee said that Talmadge Lee Croy is going to make the trip to Lexington, but he's still a ways away from being fully healthy. And I can kind of attest to it. He pinch hit in the series I was at last weekend in Columbia and, 
as soon as the ball was put in play, it, it was not a good scene. Like it was limping up the first baseline. So still a ways away on that. You know, they're still missing Noah Hall. Braylon Wimmer is out. Will McGillis is out. And you really saw those holes last week. And it seemed like every time they really got something going in the first two games against Auburn, like here came the eight and nine hitters who otherwise wouldn't be in the lineup if it weren't for those, those injuries. And so it, it hurt them. So I'm fascinated by that, how they handled that on the road against Kentucky. And, and if you're Kentucky, you know, you, you got to kind of get moving here, you know, like we knew the second half of their schedule was going to be a lot tougher, but they, they've really started dropping more games. I think than, than, than I certainly I thought they would. And so I still like this team to make a regional with their RPI. They probably only need to get to 13 SEC wins. Kentucky does. Um, but they sure do seem destined to make it interesting. <laughs> so this, this feels like a big weekend because they're at home. South Carolina's, uh, you know, kind of hurting right now in a literal sense. So I think there's an opportunity here for, for Kentucky to maybe get a little something done um, and if not, then, you know, the last two weekends are, are suddenly going to be white knuckle situations for Kentucky. And certainly if they lose this series, then the idea of hosting is, is, you know, out the window at that point. So a big series on, on both sides. To your point, Joe, this, like, this is a real opportunity for Kentucky. I think we've all looked at, at their schedule and said, you're totally toast. And then the, now, now South Carolina rolls in here, really banged up. My player of interest will be one of three pitchers, Joe, and I'm going to ask you to pick one for me. It just feels like if Kentucky doesn't pitch this weekend, if they don't, if they don't start pitching, um, you know, they've got to pitch to, to do what they want to do. So to me, it's Darren Williams or Zach Lee or Tyler Bosma. Which of the three teeth is who should be my player of interest, Joe? I'd say Zach Lee, uh, when he's throwing well, and I actually went back today, it's a good, you're catching me at a good time. Cause I went back today and watched his start from last Sunday against Vanderbilt. And when Zach Lee is around the zone and throwing the ball, well, you know, that kind of funky short arm motion that he has gets a lot of arm side run on the ball. And, and he was, he was in the kitchen of a lot of Vanderbilt right-handed hitters early in that game, weak ground balls to the left side, you know, broken bat type well, with wood bats would have been broken bat type stuff. And with South Carolina's offense, like that's kind of what you need to do. You need to try to get them on the ground, you know, keep them from being able to get a ball up in the air. You know, Kentucky Broad Park plays pretty big, but the way South Carolina swings it, I, it, I don't think the ballpark factors really matter all that much. So if Zach Lee's throwing it well, I think he's a pretty good matchup for that offense. By the way, Fitzy, before you go, uh, for those playing the uh, D1 baseball weekend preview bingo game at home, uh, the great Jennifer Rooney, hashtag j activated the blender at the 16-minute mark. So for those <laughs> keeping you. score at home, yes. Fitzy, player of interest. Uh, I'm going to go with Will Sanders here because you may recall just two weeks ago, uh, I wrote a column about how, well, it looks like Will Sanders is back now. And, you know, this is this is the guy that we're going to have down the stretch. It's a game changer for the Gamecocks and all this stuff. And, like, and then he gave, went out to Auburn and gave up eight you know, eight runs, um, you know, uh, and, and I just, I, I can't figure this guy out. Like, will the, will, will the, will the real Will Sanders please stand up? Um, mm. Please stand up. Please stand up. Because I, I, I don't, I don't know um, what to expect. I mean, he went six innings. I mean, you know, he gave him some length, but eight runs. Um, I, I, I just, you know, we know the fastball's hitable. Even when I saw him good at Florida, he didn't miss any bats with the fastball. So I guess he's just really got to be sharp with the secondary stuff. And he's got to locate with the fastball. And maybe that's just who he is. Um, he's he's going to have good days and bad days because it all just depends on how, how sharp he is with the secondary stuff, with the fastball command. I guess you just have a lower, you know, uh, uh, a lower margin of error when you don't miss bats with the fastball. Uh, and, and, but that said, they need him. They need him to be good. They need him to be good Will Sanders here down the stretch. So that's the guy I got my eye on here. Like it. Kendall? Uh, I'll go with Jackson Gray. I think when you look at Kentucky, they're one of those teams that are going to make you make plays. And I think when you look at him, he's he's really a versatile player. I mean, he, he hits for an average. He can hit for, you know, for some pop. Um, you know, he's got, I think, over 15 stolen bases this year. And I kind of think back to, you know, two or three Kentucky games I've watched over the last three weeks. It seemed like their offense kind of went the direction that he went. Like, if he had a big game, the rest of the team kind of followed suit. And so – uh, I would go with Jackson Gray. I think the one outlier was, I think, over the weekend, one of the losses to Vandy. I think he had three hits and they lost that game. But otherwise, if you look at their box scores, when he does well, the the team kind of follows suit. So I'll go with him. I like it. Uh, boys, let me go. We, we all did player of interest, right? We're ready for the next series? Affirmative. Correct. 
Yes. Let me let me do the Northeastern Huskies, the recently ranked mm. Northeastern Huskies at UNCW. Obviously a huge, huge um, game for them. Hey, by the way, boys, how did Northeastern do in their midweek game? They had a big midweek game too, didn't they? Were they playing one of the new the New England schools? Uh, they um, now they had a game against Stonehill, who was number like three hundred two in the RPI, and they had it. I mean, they canceled it, so that's a big win for Northeastern. That is a big one. I thought they had a big. <laughs> I thought they had a, four big games this week. Maybe they have a midweek no. game coming up down the, the road. That's next good... next week. They go to Maryland. Ah, there you go. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, cool. So um, I will just say that UNCW is the t- is just has so much pedigree, right? Like they're just go to regionals. It feels like at least every other year they've played really really well. Th- this is you know I would say maybe this is too aggressive, but it does feel like the Colonial Championship runs through Wilmington like you're going to have to deal with them if you're going to be the colonial champions and I don't want to paint Northeastern as a one-hit wonder because they're certainly not that they've won the league two times which is incredible given that they are you know so far north in a southern league Um, I just the one I just think Northeastern's for real you know I just I think that this is the team that went to the Fayetteville regional a couple years ago could have done damage that regional just turned out to be really hellacious um, I, I Northeastern's very interesting. They're kind of like Santa Barbara to me, where they've they've got a very unique identity. It's like power and run game offensively. They're just they're they're, they're just very aggressive in all facets. So I'm picking Northeastern, but certainly this is a um, this is a really formidable challenge for these guys. Yeah. Fitzy, player of interest. Yeah, fun series. Uh, I'm going to be there for probably the first two games. Definitely oh, Friday. Nice. Probably the first two. Um, uh, my player of interest here is Brock Wills for, for UNC Wilmington. High-profile freshman um, for the Seahawks. I know David Seifert loved this guy coming in. He had seen him somewhere along the line, I think, in high school. And, um, you know, was really talking him up. And, and I saw him in the fall and walked away with kind of the same impression. Like, hey, this, this guy – you know, he, he got real tools. That bat is it's a real bat. And I think it's starting to come on. He had, I think he might've had six hits in two games this past weekend. They had a, a game canceled. Um, it feels like this is a guy's really going to hit um, and is, is, is hitting right now. He's hitting lead off for them, uh, play second base, but it's just really the, the, the hit tools, which you're buying. It's a really sweet, smooth, natural swing and, and feel for the barrel. And so anyway, that's a guy I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. Love it. Uh, Kendall. Yeah, I think when I look at this series overall, uh, I kind of go with Jacob Schaefer for UNC Wilmington. You know, I kind of wrote them up a, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, Randy Hood talked a lot about his progression. Uh, he struggled over the weekend or, you know, last weekend on the mound and the Friday game against Hofstra, I think it was. Um, and when you look at this Northeastern lineup, you kind of alluded to it, but it's a really interesting lineup because historically you kind of look at Northeastern and look at Mike Lavin's club because of Aaron Savali and guys like that and go, oh, they're going to be pitching heavy, like they're a pitching-oriented team. But this is a club that – has four guys with double-digit homers, has another guy with nine, another guy with seven. So I think Jacob Schaefer kind of getting them off to a good start, you know, allowing them not to have to tap in that bullpen early in that series will be critical. Uh, and so I'll go with Jacob Schaefer. By the way, here's a little note about Northeastern. Uh, I saw this picture on their website a minute ago, and I went and, like, Googled it just to make sure I, what I was seeing was correct. Did you know Northeastern has their graduations at Fenway Park? The school does. The school has their graduation ceremonies at Fenway Park. I did not know that. I'm, I'm going to go back to school. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. That is pretty That awesome. is really awesome. Very anyway. cool. Uh, Joseph, so you, you got to – well, no, you can go – I don't, I don't want to steer the jury here. Joe, who's your player of interest? No, it's all right. You know, I pivoted a little bit. Had I gone with a UNCW player, I would have gone Tanner Thatch, who is one of the other big-name mm-hmm. freshmen they have. And I think in terms of – current production might be the more impactful of the two with him and Brock Wills. Um, Brock Wills, I think still has a, a, some, some more growth to do than Thatch does. I mean, Thatch is a big physical first baseman who, who also at some point down the line will probably pitch for the Seahawks a little bit. Um, but he, he hails from uh, way up Northeast uh, in the state of North Carolina and from Perquimans County, uh, Belvedere, North Carolina, the name of the town oh. there. I, I only really know that because I asked the UNCWSID where that was when I saw it on the roster. What's the, name of the, what's the name of the county? I thought I knew all the counties in this state. But Perquimans. Perquimans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up in the, I think it's in the northeast Watch out for those people from Perquimans County. Yeah. little sm- small town of Belvedere, North <laughs> Great Carolina. Great cigar bars, though, Fitzy. It's all you. Yeah, Get sure. up there. Yeah. Instead, I will go Northeastern. And as I was like looking through Northeastern to pick a player, it's hard to do because like 
I mean, these guys are just playing a different sport than most of the rest of the teams in that region, right? I mean, so some of the numbers are just nuts. Like Cam Maldonado is a freshman who's, you know, hitting almost 400, has stolen more than 20 bags, has some pop. You know, they've got Griffin Young, a reliever who has a 42 to 7 strikeout to walk ratio in 35 innings. But I'm going to go with Mike Sirota. Um, you know, the kind of the biggest name guy, I think that the Northeastern has, and it's just that I, I think he typifies where that program is at because a player of his quality was not going to Northeastern five, seven years ago. And so it just kind of shows where this program is at, that a guy like Mike Sirota is, is there to start with. And also, Oh, by the way, has stayed there at least for now anyway, but you know, he, he's clearly, um, a Northeastern guy, both in a literal and a figurative sense. Um, and, and really is kind of, again, just shows how far this program has come. Love it. Fitzy, before you pick, uh, pick the next series, uh, our second sponsor, Blast Baseball. If you're ready to dominate at the plate, Blast Baseball is trusted by more MLB or college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real t- real-time feedback. With every swing, go to blastmotion.com. Enter the code D1 Baseball at checkout and save ten dollars. I want to do. I want to test that out in Omaha, but we're going to need a blast sensor on my hamstring because that's definitely <laughs> going out. But let me give you guys some stats on Northeastern. But we, we know Northeastern has got to play UNCW this weekend. We mentioned the midweek game against Maryland. They still have to play College of Charleston. They got to go to William and Mary, so they have some tough games ahead. Statistically, Northeastern. This is bonkers. They are fourth in the country in earn run average they are 21st in scoring so their pitchers are fourth their hitters are 21st in scoring they are 14th in home runs now just from a strike throwing perspective they're fifth in the country in strike throwing and walks per nine innings so northeastern very very fascinating club statistically on both sides of the baseball hey everyone we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Uh, Aaron J. Fit, what's your next series? Yeah, let's go with the, uh, the really big showdown out west here. Stanford going to Arizona State, first place in the Pac-12 on the line. Um, Cardinal currently in first place, but um, Arizona State is, is a much different team at home, guys. They're, they're 20 and 5 at home this year, just 9 and 10 on the road. And this series is indeed at Phoenix Muni. And so um, that is fascinating to me. How will Stanford be able to handle that? Um, going on the road there against a, a team that's very good at home. Um, you know, Sun Devils, it does feel like it's it's like anytime you, you think maybe they're about to drop back, you know, they've, they've rallied. They won that series. They found a way to win that series against Oregon State. And they go on the road to Oregon and, you know, kind of get drubbed the first two days. But they, they still salvage the game. They don't get swept. That to me is impressive. Um, you know, I, it feels like two teams that just fight hard here and, and, uh, it hasn't really been smooth sailing for either one of them. They've, they both had to overcome some things and I just think it's a great showdown. And so, uh, I'm, I'm buying Stanford right now, as I talked about 
on a couple of shows probably already this week. Um, I, I love the way this team is trending. Uh, I love the fact that they've had to work hard for it. You know, they're not steamrolling people. I think they can go on the road and handle themselves okay here. But I'm, I'm just really, really fascinated by this series. Kendall, player of interest. Well, you know, what's the common denominator with uh, Arizona State as a team? It's that they, they, you know, late in games, they tend to go on runs, right? They, they tend to come back on teams. And I think when you look at Stanford, I think the one thing that stood out from Aaron's coverage over the weekend against UCLA was Ryan Bruno. You know, he comes in the game and Friday and closes that things out, you know, with two and a third and comes out, comes back in the series finale and goes to shutout. And, and by the way, I don't know what he looked like up close, but like the, the pictures in like your story, like he looks great physically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much weight he's lost, but I mean, it's got to be 10 or 15 pounds. But, you know, he, you know, he looked electric. He's went to what, 90, 96, 98 with plus change up. Yeah. So I just think when you look at that element, like that's an element to me that like Arizona State doesn't quite have like that dude that can come out of the bullpen late in the game and keep a team like Arizona State who really thrives on late comebacks from getting in a groove and kind of surprising me. So I'm going to go with Ryan Bruno. Joe. Uh, first off, before I give a player, uh, would you guys like facts on Perquimans County, North Carolina? Uh, we yes. Absolutely. Please. The so the entire the entire county has a population of thirteen thousand and five. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, or that's estimated thirteen thousand two hundred and two hundred and ten. But per capita, a lot of famous people from Perquimans County. Are you ready for this? Yes. So well, it's really only two, but um, <laughs> but still, for a county that size, like you know, uh, famous radio DJ Wolfman Jack from Perquimans wow. County, North Carolina, wow. and the more pertinent uh, for us, uh, the great Catfish Hunter. From Perquimans County. Was it was it Wolfman Jack uh, in American Graffiti with Richard Dreyfus? Wasn't he in that movie? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah, mm -hmm. he sure was. Well, there you Uh, go. Nineteen seventy-three feature. He appeared as himself in George Lucas's second feature film, American Graffiti. There you go. Oh, he's also in the sequel, which was called More American Graffiti. Which, like, come on, let's come up with a better name than that. That's forgettable. There. That was the third one. Should have been called Most American Graffiti. (laughs) That's right. Anyway. Uh, Arizona State. Um, I'm going to go Nick McLean as mm. as my player here, and just because he he's kind of brought some reinforcements to this lineup, right? Not that it necessarily needed it. They've been swinging the bats pretty well, but you know he's only played in 12 games this year, was coming back from an injury, and I think there's always a a little bit of a worry, even with a player as talented as him, that you add an element like that into your lineup, and it can kind of take a team playing well and, and, and change the, the culture, change the, the chemistry of that lineup. But he's come in and really just hit the ground running. And if anything, he's, he's obviously made the Arizona state lineup even, even deeper. So Nick McLean. Love it. I, I'm going to go Arizona state too. Fitzy, you're, you're, you're right up on Stanford last week and was really, really awesome because Stanford has been a hard team to get your arms around. And we don't, it's, you know, it's not easy to see the West coast teams. You got to really, you know, unless you're Joe Healy, um, who just lives and dies by the Pac-12 network? It's yeah, um, and, and and by the way, Stanford, it, it, you know, your streaming situation is ghastly. Is it me, right? Or no, like- it's not you, Ruins. And can I just interject here? Um, and I, you know, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but like that screen that Stanford has is a joke. It's a disgrace. They need to call netting pros right now. There were three balls, as I understand it, that went straight through the screen, foul balls. So not only is this thing like you can't see the freaking field on the stream because like it's the damn screen is so thick. It's it's, it's an outrage. Your photos like trying to take photos of that screen is a pain in the butt. It's terrible. The screen is terrible. Also, it's not safe. Like there was a ball yeah. that apparently came pretty close to a baby in the stands uh, yeah. through the screen. Can we get that fixed, Stanford? Are you listening? We, can Please. somebody call Kyle Peterson and get get him on the horn on this? You by can the call way, Kyle, you Kyle, can Kyle, if you're if you're watching this, it's nettingpros.com. Netting pros. Good friend of the podcast <laughs> too, by the way. Oh, Big weekend for uh, lawyers in uh, Palo Alto. I yes, guess, you know. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Some um, ambulance chasers running around, sunken diamonds. Seriously, they're on their way. So it's Fitzy, like they're, they're like the wrecker services. You know how the wreckers will get in like a busy intersection and pile up. All of a sudden, you're going to have lawyers at all at their game, uh, their next home game. Yep. I like it. 
very much. So, Fitzy, you gave me these names for Stanford. You know, Kendall mentioned Ryan Bruno. I always want to call him Tony Bruno, famous radio sports host in the Philly area. But Tony Ryan Bruno, Bruno pitching great. You got to ignore his numbers. Drew Dowd in the bullpen, kind of helping Bruno. That feels like a real thing for yes. Stanford. And then Alberto Rios is kind of an emerging or a bat who has emerged. I'm going to stick to Arizona State. You know, Ryan Campos is really their player of interest because when he plays, they're so much better. But he's been out with a oblique for a while now. I'm starting to get worried. Like, is he coming back? So the player of interest that that that's top of mind right now is Owen Stevenson. It is Arizona State's getting very inconsistent starts from Christian Curtis and Ross Dunn. Some are very good. Some are not very good. But that they're, that they're married to those two. And Owen Stevenson, they're having to use a Swiss Army knife to try and win two games. He's been great in a closing role, kind of an extended closer. But I, I think they're toying around with and maybe even have done it starting him in, in, in case of emergency. So however Owen Stevenson is deployed this weekend, it's like they get one crack at him and it better go well. So very interesting pitcher to me. Fitzy. Good stuff. Is it my turn? I thought I just gave you that one. Oh, you gave yeah, the series? He just or? went. He just went. Oh, so everyone's good. We're good on that series? Yeah. Kendall, you're ne- next with the series. Yeah, uh, I'll go to the ACC. I was just kind of crunching numbers. I mean, NC State at Notre Dame. Um, this is a really interesting series for both these teams. I think Notre Dame was a club that coming into the season, uh, we weren't real sure what to expect in Sean Stifler's first year, whereas we kind of thought NC State would be a really good club. Uh, you know, NC State sitting at what, you know, the – you know, their conference record's not great. They're, you know, what is it? Uh, eight and 12, eight and 13. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're eight. Yeah. They're eight and 12. Notre Dame sitting at 13, 11. And I think this is a really interesting series. So I'm just kind of crunching these numbers. So like, if it's for, for me, like NC State, this is a must win series. Cause I mean, yeah. if you lose this series, even if you win your last two, assuming North Carolina and assuming Pitt takes one game, you're sitting at 13 and 16 in the ACC. Like that means you're going to have to win some games in the in the conference tournament to get in the NCAA tournament. So this is a big big weekend for them. I think for Notre Dame, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to point to the loss of Jack Finley for the year with Tommy John and go, oh well, let's see how they do without Jack Finley. Well, they did sweep Virginia at home without Jack Finley a couple of weeks ago. So this is a really interesting series for both teams. I think I think it's going to be a high level play and. Uh, you know, NC State's going to be really interesting this weekend just for the simple fact that they're kind of playing for their lives. Like, they lose a series, the pathway gets incredibly difficult. It already is pretty difficult. Joseph. Go Matt Willinson with NC State. He's kind of an interesting story in terms of mm-hmm. he's been a he's been a nice arm the last couple of years for NC State. That's kind of how I would put it. You know, you, you knew what you were going to get. He He wasn't really controlling games but he you know he, he'd get you deep into games he'd give your team a chance to win when his changeup was was really popping he'd give you a little more than that and, and this year he's really taken another step I mean he shaved more than a run off of his ERA he's cut down on his walk rate he's limiting hitters a little bit more he's cut down on his wild pitches hit by pitches like he, just across the board he's turned into a, a much better pitcher and, and by some measures has been uh, NC State's best arm this year so you know they knew what they were going to get from him from a floor standpoint it just feels like he's introduced a higher ceiling for himself than um, than I think most of us myself included saw and I will leave you with this one more thing Tanner Thatch it turns out his great uncle is Catfish Hunter so this is a, what they in the news business what they call a Dude. developing story <laughs> That is a developing story. Oh, my gosh, that's great. Uh, Boys, I'll go player of interest, Jack Penny of Notre Dame. I had them earlier in the year, and he was hitting like 200 maybe. And he's up to like 253. I see he's hitting fourth now. Notre Dame was so old last year, that Omaha team, and Penny barely played. He played um, when one of the middle infielders got hurt. But you could see the talent. Left-handed hitter looks the part, and he must be on some type of tear right now to be up to basically 255-ish. I mentioned the double-digit home runs. So Notre Dame does – I think what you said, Kendall, is real. Like, without – I'm I'm skeptical of Notre Dame. Like, they keep winning games, and they've not been swept. But without Jack Finley, I mean, man, I don't know. Like, they don't don't look the part. They're just winning a ton of games. So Jack Penny's a a player of interest to me because they need some depth in that lineup. Yeah. NC State does look the part and mm-hmm. I cannot, I, I just cannot quit this team. I, I don't understand why they're not better than they are. I, I don't get it, but I will tell you this. Um, Sam Highfill over the last week made two appearances 
and sure seem like like Sam Highfield of old. It was four shot. He actually started against East Carolina midweek and threw four shutout innings, and then he came back uh, the bullpen against Citadel on the weekend and threw four innings, one hit ball. Uh, I'm sorry, one run ball. So eight innings, one one run on the weekend. That's really encouraging, you know. I mean, and, and I, I had I think last seen him. Uh, against Florida State three weeks back now, and he was actually good for me against Florida State, but like it was not really not the same old high fill. Like this stuff has not come back all the way from the the back injury stuff he had to deal with last year. And you know, Elliot Davin said, "Hey, like he looked a little, he a little bit more like Sam Highfield today. You know, uh, he's uh, you know, uh, this is a good, it's a good sign for us." But yeah, yeah, yes, no? solid. Um, I Joe, give it a Joe, solid. That's a solid six and a half. Joe, what do you think? I, I, I need I need some help, Joe. What do you got? I mean, I thought it was like, I mean, it was a good attempt. You, you, you were doing it off the cuff. So like, I give you a couple extra bonus. It just wasn't gravelly enough for me. Like there's like, it needs to be like a, (laughs) that's right. When you're talking about a pitcher like Sam Heifel, you're talking about someone who's pitched in Omaha, won a game against Vanderbilt. That's a little, it's, it's, it's like that's, kind of no, that's into Ed Orgeron. Yeah. <laughs> like that's towards right. the end, it was going to love Ed Orgeron. Love Elliot Avent. He's, Fitz, he's you a, get points for, for even trying the Elliot uh, because that's always welcome because Elliot's he's, that he's, good. He's by the, by the way, Runes, can I tell you a, a secret that like you won't, you will find unbelievable that Elliot Avent once thought I didn't like him. Like, could you imagine me how not could, liking Elliot Avent? How could you not? Yeah. How could any human? Like he is like, like an honorary East Texan. Like he would be per- You know where he'd be perfect? Cut and shoot. Cut yes. and shoot high. Like he would love cut and shoot. A good yes. like retirement job. They have copperheads everywhere that will bite you when you put your hands in the bushes. Oh, that's right. He did get bit by that copperhead. That's right. <laughs> He's got street cred in cut and shoot. Are we kidding? I mean, Go Cowboys. Ima- so imagine if he walked into what was the name of the bowling alley? Uh, uh, take a spare. Uh, sp- was it spare time? Time to spare. There it is. Time, time to spare. Walking into spare time and going, I just got bit by a copperhead and I grabbed that thing and took it to the hospital. Can I get a beer? Like instant cred. Hashtag instant cred. That was the best part of the story, by the way, is that he brought the snake in and like, like apparently like, the hospital staff was like, you don't have to do that anymore. Like we just, you know, that, that was a thing that used to have to happen. And now it's, you don't need to bring that snake in here. Yeah. Please, sir. Don't. We haven't don't been doing that, that since Wyatt Earp was alive. So we're, we're good. <laughs> That is great. Oh, the Elliot Elliot uh, offshoot. Fitzy, were you were you on your way to I'm a player done. of interest? I'm good. Good? Sam Highfield is my player of interest. He's, yes. uh, maybe he's back. Maybe he's back, and that's big for NC State. Yes, Kendall, player of interest in this series, please. Uh, the Copperhead. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll just I'll, actually I'll just go with like Notre Dame's pitching staff as a whole. I mean, when you look at Aiden Tyrell on the front end, there's been some games this year where. You know, he's gone five innings, giving up six, seven runs. I think against an offense like that, they've got to get him off to a fast start, as as Joe and Aaron alluded to with some of NC State's pitching. Uh, so I'm just going to go with their pitching staff as a whole. I, I'm with you, Runes, to the, to the extent that, you know, without Finley, I just wonder if they have staying power. Yeah. But, I mean, without him, they won two series. Granted, I don't know if a Florida State series counts but uh, this year, but they have won two series since he's been out. Can, yeah, can I I'm... just interject here and say – uh, Coach Healy and Coach Rooney both conspiring against me on my my mashing the under here. Like Runes rolls it back around to to, to Raj, even though Raj started this segment. I know he, I did double up on him. Had a turn. <laughs> Healy <laughs> keeps coming in with these facts about Susquehanna or wherever the heck. These are these are life <laughs> life lessons. No, that that's Perkins County. Bad. Get it right, Joe. You, you need to pick a series that will get I us need, back on track. I do need to pick a series. Uh, I had enough copperheads that the neighborhood I used to live in here in Durham, we, we've since moved the neighborhood. I, I, my first house here in Durham, we had enough copperheads just in the neighborhood. Cause it backed up to like a reservoir basically. And they like those wet kind of areas where they can sun and then go in the water and stuff. I actually had like a, I have a, I still have it saved to my phone, like a snake guy, basically it'll just come and remove the snakes from my yard. Like that's just, that's something I had to have on my person at that. Cause oh. I, you know, a little dog running around the grass. You're not a, tough, you're not a just chop, chop its head off with a shovel kind of guy. No, look at me. Are you kidding? Like, no, I, you know, <laughs> I thought you were from a... East Texas. Yeah. What's up, dude. You know what? You are Joe. You... Joe is to East Texas as runes is to Delco. Just a couple of frauds. Delco fraud. You yeah. know who doesn't, I'm... you know, who doesn't call the snake guy people that go to spare time. Yeah, No, that's right. Time, time to, to spare. spare. 
time to spare. Come on. We're trying to help them grow the business. Because I'm from East Texas, I think I have a healthy respect for the Copperheads, and that's why I stay away. Because we had we had water moccasins too growing up in in Texas. Those those suckers are aggressive. Like Copperheads don't really want anything to do with you, but the water moccasins will seek you out and they're petty. They know they're petty. Anyway. They'll ruin um, your day. No doubt. No doubt. Um, okay, let's go. Um, do to do to do. Let's go Tennessee and Georgia. I wrote about it in my SEC weekend preview that's going to come out uh, mm-hmm. tomorrow morning as, as we record this Thursday morning. It's a big series for both for different reasons. Tennessee's trying to host, and I've said this before on, on this podcast, certainly on Highway to Hoover. If you're West Virginia or Wake Forest or Coastal Carolina, like you are praying that Tennessee hosts because you don't want them to show up in your regional. And that's what they're pushing for. They're 11 and 10 in the league. Mm. If they win this series, uh, all of a sudden they kind of look like a much more viable host team. They beat Wofford on Tuesday and their RPI went up like six points. Um, so they're like, they were 16 as of earlier this afternoon. So they are trending in that, in that right direction. Georgia, meanwhile, is kind of in this group along with A&M, Auburn, Alabama, of bubble teams in the sec their rpi is in okay shape they don't have rpi problems they just need enough sec wins and they do still have missouri in front of them but they also have series with tennessee and lsu so it's a really really tough path for georgia and if they if there is a path for georgia it kind of feels like it has to start this weekend by by stealing the series or maybe maybe stealing it's not even the right way to put it because they're at home this weekend um so big series for for two teams for kind of different reasons i think it's a tough matchup for georgia if i'm going to be honest you know, people have asked, hey, does, does I think Runes, you've brought this up, does Tennessee's offense travel? Um, I think it'll travel at Foley Field uh, just because Foley Field plays fairly small, especially late in the season as well. So um, I, I do think that is a place where Tennessee could have some offensive success. Mm, I like that. You know, for so I'll, I'll go player of interest for Georgia. Let's go Liam Sullivan. You know, it, it just feels like when they've had good weekends, he's had a good weekend. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not your premier SEC ace per se, but he's, you know, he's, there's skill there and it, you know, for Georgia to win the series, my premise that Tennessee's more, my concern that Tennessee's offense doesn't travel great is going to have to be true. Uh, otherwise Georgia's not winning the series. So Liam Sullivan looking at you, he's got to, he's got to win his start. Fitzy player of interest. Yeah, player of interest for me. Um, how about how about Chase Burns? You know, moving to the bullpen and seems like he's he's. <laughs> Fitzy ejected himself. <laughs> now we'll never know. We'll just never know. Player of interest, Chase say. Burns. I... He gone. Yeah, he. Well, he set... stole my players. So. <laughs> well. Kendall, you don't have any time to spare. We just need your player of interest right now. Do you see what I did there? Yeah, I'll go with uh... higher. What you do? Did you hit eject? I, 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 you know what? This is what happens every once in a while when you've got uh, forty-seven tabs open. You, you close the wrong one by accident. Oh, see? I mean, mm-hmm. The first. This is the first ever tab-related accident on the history of the show. Um, Slippery tab syndrome over there. Oh, my goodness. Chase Burns in the bullpen is my guy. I think that's a fascinating move. I like him there. And, uh, you know, with Andrew Lindsay, uh, you know, pitching well in the rotation, I think it works. So that's what I got. Wow. Kendall, a lot of evidence there that maybe having 40-plus tabs open, not ideal. You are correct. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to be silent. I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> I do think he picked the right guy, though, because if you yes. look at Georgia in that Arkansas series, they won two games in Bob of the Night in that series. And so, you know, having Chase Burns red hot coming out of the bullpen, uh, that's a huge, huge feather in their cap. Um, I guess from a from a Tennessee standpoint, uh, I'd go with Chase Dolander. I mean, I think uh, I think Tennessee now you're back on track. You're in the you know, you're you're about to potentially get back in the hosting discussion. But I think the, the bigger picture here is like. Tennessee is now preparing itself for this postseason run. They're not a club that's going, oh, we've got to get all the pieces together just to just to make the tournament. Now they know they're going to be in the tournament. Now it's all about putting all the pieces together. And I think for Tennessee, when you look at Chase Dolander, his ERA is still approaching six in conference. He is a guy that starting this weekend, they need to establish him as, as that dude again. And, it, and for them to get to Omaha, for them to compete for a national championship, which – 
you know, granted that that is still the expectation with this team. Like, yeah, you know what? They, you know, might still be out of the hosting mix for now, but like the expectation is just for, for this team to get to Omaha. Nothing's changed from a personnel standpoint. So I think for me, Chase Dolaners has got to watch this weekend. I like that very much. Uh, boys, it's my turn to pick a series, correct? Yep. All right. So give Did you me get Joe's player. Joe, Joe gave us a series. Yeah. Yeah. He gave us, he gave us a series. Yeah. I kind of screwed you on that one, Kendall. I made you do a go twice last series. Give me Oregon at USC. And and this is very interesting to me because I I think Oregon can win this league. I know that's going to require Stanford to falter a little bit, and that might be a fool's errand on my part, but I, I just really believe in this Oregon team. They are now five and two in Pac-12 series, and I just, you know, they've got a little bit of everything. They've got maybe not as much pitching as you like, but they've got enough. I love Drew Cowley at shortstop. I like their offense very much. They're playing well, you know, and, and they've quickly become this, postseason expectant program under Mark Wasikowski. And I'm worried for USC that, you know, maybe they're turning into a pumpkin here. So for USC, this is really important because most of USC's postseason resume is Pac-12 dependent. Their non-conference resume to me is not awesome. So they, to me, USC's got to be in the top four of the Pac-12 or they're going to have a problem for the postseason. Um, but but anyway, I, I think it's a really important series for both teams. Oregon could host maybe they could do a little bit more if they get crazy hot um usc there's a little bit of an elimination weekend sitting here so fitzy player of interest yeah runes i'm gonna go with my man riku nishida um the uh just a just a wonderful little player a little scrap dog uh slasher who uh you know Started the season, I believe, at second base. But one of the things we liked about this Oregon team is they've got a whole bunch of guys that are are athletic and and versatile, and they just had a whole bunch of sliding parts. And like you said, they they were able to slide Drew Kelly to shortstop, and um, you know you've got you got Gavin Grant now at second and, and Nishida in the outfield. But he's playing leadoff for him. He had a huge weekend against Arizona State, uh, three straight multi hit games. I think he had eight hits in the series. Um, he's just a guy that makes him go high energy guy with barrel control and he's just a super fun player. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many, I mean, I'm actually glad he's not playing second base anymore. Cause that means it'll make it easier to get him on the all fit team because nice. second base always is, is an in demand position uh, outfield. He's got a spot. You can, you can go ahead and stick him on there. So I'm in the Cape league last year too. Just fun player. Love it. Kendall player of interest. Yeah, I'm going to go with my man, Jay Stoffel. Uh, I was just kind of looking at his conference stats. Uh, 291 ERA and 43 and a third with 47 Ks and 18 walks. Uh, I mean, that's that's really good, and that's very consistent. Uh, and so I, th- I think anytime you go on a road, uh, it's it's important to get a good start on Fridays. And so uh, I got, I'll go with uh, Jay Stoffel. I was actually reaching out to Waz because it sounds like Saban Sabalos went out with an injury over the weekend. And he did not play in the Oregon game or the Oregon State game. So it'll be very interesting to see if they get him back this weekend. I, I like Kendall picking the uh, the fabulous fit dog here, Jay Stoffel, uh, one, oh, of my, one of my guys. <laughs> fabulous fit dog. <laughs> Thank you. Joseph, who do you like as a player of interest here? I'm going to go with a unit. I'm going to go with the USC bullpen as a whole. Um, because at the beginning of the year – oh, I meant to say this on the top. Um, n- no one is making the counter argument. To this, but I, I just wanted to be said that really, kind of regardless of how you the rest of USC's season goes, like this has been an unmitigated success. Yes, when you consider yeah. that they were so poor last year and then lost what they lost via moving on, you know, pro baseball transfer, graduation, all that stuff. The, the roster's just—I don't mean to disrespect—just not that talented, um, and yet they're right, kind of in the thick of things. So even if they don't make the postseason, still just a huge success and a a great building block moving forward. But the USC bullpen has been huge because if you'd have told me going into the season that, you know, Eric Hammond was going to average about four innings an outing and Jaden Agassiz ERA was going to be almost nine. um, I would have kind of gone like, Whoa, like this is, but the bullpen has really kind of helped keep them viable on the mound. So Garrett Clark, Kyle wish Caden Connolly, Josh Blum, those are kind of their four main guys all have more than 20 appearances on the year. Um, and they're all being used kind of liberally. They're all guys who can throw multiple innings if it comes to it. Um, and that's really kind of, again, help them stay viable on the mound when they're not really getting the starting pitching um, that, that you would like to get five, six, seven innings at a time. 
like it. Fitzy, before you pick your series, Tanner Smith of Oregon, who's always been one of my favorite players, mm-hmm. he's quietly having a really good year. Maybe not like a crazy. I mean, his OPS is 971, but man, I Oregon, I, I just I cannot get them out of my uh, my my brain. Like I think Oregon's a team that could do some damage in the postseason. So yeah. Fitzy, you're gonna pick between Louisville at Clemson or Vandy at Alabama. Okay. Uh, I will go. I'm gonna go Louisville at Clemson. Um, and this is, this is the one that's like two teams heading in totally different directions, right? Like mm. Clemson's won four series in a row. It feels like all of a sudden this team is very much um, in the mix to host the regional. I mean, like who saw that coming, you know, a month ago and they, it's, it's quality series that they've won too, especially the last three weeks. Uh, they look like a team that has a lot of confidence. Whereas Louisville has now lost three series in a row and four of their last five. So that's, I, I believe, identical to Virginia. Louisville and Virginia both kind of trending in the, in the exact same directions here. It's a big, 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 big weekend um, for, for both Well, for both these teams. Clemson's trying to host. Louisville, at this point, is fighting for its postseason life now. I mean, they're, they're sliding toward the bubble right now, just like NC State, 9-12 uh, and 12 in the ACC. So uh, it's, it's almost a must-win for them. Then they go to Virginia uh, the week after this. So it's like... This is this is kind of make or break time for the cards. Let's see what you're made out of. Mm. Kendall, player of interest. Uh, give me Caden Grice for Clemson. Uh, he's been just uh, red hot the last few weeks. I mean, in the ACC play now, he's hitting uh, 342, eight bombs, 27 RBIs, and on the mound, you know, his ERA under four uh, with in 34 and a third innings, and teams are only hitting 185 against him. He's he's been kind of the big key uh, for Clemson's turnaround. It seems like every time. You know, I've done the digest over the last couple of weeks. So, like, I'm writing about him. So, he's been a big key for them. So, keep an eye on Caden Grice. Joe? Ryan McCoy of Louisville. Not only is he one of their better offensive <clears> – <throat> excuse me, one of their better offensive players, he was always going to be important. But with the injuries they're going to have, I mean, with the injuries Louisville has behind the plate, he's also kind of been pushed into a role back there. So, he's going to have to be steady in, in, in both facets for, uh, for Louisville to have success. I like it. Uh, boys, I, I'm assuming that the, the two uh, Clemson starters will be Austin Gard, uh, Gordon and Ethan Darden, besides Caden Grice. that sound right, Fitzy? Does that sound like they're – I know Austin Gordon yes. pitched against BC, um, yeah. and he leads them in innings. So I'm just going to say, like, it feels – I don't know. I'm I'm a believer in Eric Backich and that coaching staff. I'm not sure if I'm a full-blown buyer of Clemson's roster – and I just, you know, Caden Grice seems like he's really having a big year and Kendall picked him. So give me the other two rotation guys, you know, Gordon or Darden. One of them is going to have to win their start to to back up what Grice is doing. And so Louisville, I, the Ryan McCoy thing is another great pick, Joe, because that's a real issue. But I, I don't know. I'm not fully bought into the Clemson starters. I will say this. I watched some of Gordon's start against BC and he was the stuff is good. It's a the good stuff arm. is real runes. Yeah. It's real. It's it's I think up to like maybe ninety five with a with a hammer. I mean a high spin tight breaking ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's real. I mean Darden is more of an X factor for me, but I, I like I like Gordon a lot. I think he's a future star. Yeah, it's weird. His numbers are weird. Like the ERA is yeah. four and a half, but he barely walks anybody. Doesn't give up a ton of hits, but. Um, yeah, maybe I should be buying Clemson. This, I don't know, like this, this, I just, it's so hard to bet against Louisville, but I'm going to this weekend. Yeah. And I, and I was very late to come around on Clemson. Um, but I think I'm there now. I think, I think actually like the pieces were always kind of there, just a matter of like in the beginning, they didn't quite fit together and now they do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so they're, I think they're actually quite interested. They're very athletic and they have some depth and flexibility and, you know, they have enough arm strength too. I think, I think they're interesting. Yep. Uh, Kendall, as, as the, uh, since Joe is, is the, you know, the, the guy at SEC Extra, um, he's our guy over there. Can we have Joe preview Vandy at Alabama? I guess. Me, Joe. I'm going to go Google uh, Perkumines County, though, while he's doing that. Is that okay? P-E-R-Q-U-I-M-A-N-S. Not to be confused with Plaquemine Parish in Louisiana. Correct. That's an important distinction. That's correct. Thank you. Uh, what am, oh, and Alabama, first of all, Joe. yes, thank you. And uh, I am the co-guy at SEC Extra. Mark Etheridge, of course, it's, it's a partnership. Hey, before you Mark preview this, though, I'm going to go make a bet. I'll be right back. Oh, oh boy. Hey, come yo. on. Come on now. <laughs> hey, yo. Come on. Low, low. Hey. Uh, Alabama being the home team here helps. Um, you know, you just don't know with Alabama. I mean, they're on like 
version three or 4.0 of their rotation at this point. Um, you know, considering they, you know, it was, it was hit and Hess and McNary and then McNary was out and then it was hit and Hess had been heard. And so Holman's in now Holman maybe is out McMillan's back though. You know, it's just uh, week to week. You don't know what you're going to get there. They're kind of the same team they've been all along though, where it's like, their depth I think is great. Like they've got 13, 14 position players that I like and that I know coach Bo likes. And um, the fact that they've done as well as they have on the mound with the injuries, I think is a testament to what their depth is on the mound because there, there are teams that have had just as bad injury issues in the sec that are not succeeding as much as Alabama is on the mound. So I think there's a lot to say about that. Uh, You know, Vanderbilt, I think I said this on radio the other day. I mean, kind of quietly Vanderbilt might be the most, complete team in the sec and it feels like they're they're actually maybe coming into their own a little more hunter owen is back they've got a couple of bullpen arms that they're expecting back here in the next several weeks so you add that to the guys they've already had and an offense that is still by many measures it's hard to believe because there's just not a lot of bold headline names on it but it's still an offense that's operating as one of the couple of best in the sec so they're just really really well-rounded i think we saw that last weekend against kentucky where they they won games in in a few different ways Yep, that's good. For Vandy, I'm going to go RJ Shrek. He, you know, the grad transfer from Duke, he's got a 12-19 OPS, and he just is a different hitter. 12 home runs, 14 doubles, 50 RBIs, more walks and strikeouts, significantly more walks and strikeouts. He just adds an element to Vandy that they really needed. There's several players of interest on this roster, but give me RJ Shrek. He, he really moves the needle for them, in my opinion. Go ahead, Fitzy. Yeah, and I think, I think Andrew Pinckney moves the needle for Alabama. Uh, he had, I think, a five-hit game against LSU, one of those games. A couple, couple of multi-hit games this past weekend. He's kind of the, uh, the the big tools guy. He's got power. He runs well. He's hit for he, he's He was, you know, my big breakout pick to click this year, which was not a difficult pick. Like, he was, he was a very obvious pick, frankly. But uh, he, he's lived up to it. You know, I mean, he's hitting 346 with a, you know, 1057 OPS with 10 homers. Um, and, and, and he's playing well right now coming off a big, big weekend. So, um, he's, you know, he's got to be a big difference maker for this team moving forward. He's, he's their guy. Kendall. I'm going to go with the uh, designated Vandy security blanket and Devin Fattrell. Uh, when you look at, you know, Carter Holt and Hunter Owen and guys like that, guys that have had over five starts or, or five starts or more in the SEC, both those guys have ERAs north of three in the SEC. And when you look at Devin Fattrell, uh, the talented lefty for them, uh, you know, his ERA sitting at 2.43, 29 strikeouts, six walks in Southeastern Conference play. So he's kind of been their security blanket in, in SEC play this year, and uh, he's a big key for them this weekend. Love it. Well done, boys. Hey, uh, as we wrap, uh, never a bad time to get a subscription to D1Baseball.com. This is the best time. Also get your subscription to SEC Extra. If you uh, use the code SAVE23 at checkout, you get 23, or <laughs> you'll get 20% off. Maybe you'll get 23% off. We could round up to that. But type in SAVE23 at checkout, and you'll get 20% off. I promise you that. Really good stuff. We're getting towards the postseason. Uh, Joe, you've got two things of particular interest to me on SEC Extra. One is an article. One is a podcast. So you've been doing these great Highway to Hoover podcasts this week. It's Leah Van, who's the beat reporter for uh, LSU, uh, who, you know, all the beat reporters in the SEC do such a great job. She certainly does an awesome job with LSU. You also have a a feature on, is it Hunter Gilliam from Kentucky? Is that his first name? Yeah, Hunter Gilliam. Gilliam, sorry. So I've enjoyed that, too. I had a Missouri game last night. I even referenced your piece because – I just, you know, it's hard to learn about these individual players sometimes, but these pieces that you do and dive deep in there, that's really, really, that's great stuff. Kendall, your piece today, I got to get the the Rogers review was awesome. Kind of took me around the country uh, for, for, you know, big things happening. Like, Hey, the, give me some context on Scott Foxhall getting fired. Talk about Michigan state. Who's probably off my radar, but needs to be on my radar. Uh, And then, Fitzy, we, we referenced your piece on, you know, UCLA and Stanford are teams that we, you got to know about right now, and they've been hard to know about. So the fact that you were out there, uh, really, really helpful. Stan- Stanford's been to back-to-back Omahas, and only two teams have done that. So it's, it's, uh, that's a team that I, I need to know more about. So bravo. Well, well done, gentlemen. Cheers, coach. Great job as always. Hey, this was a great show. You know, I got to say, as usual, I, I elevated my game when lights came on, uh, as I usually do. And so I just want to give myself a shout out. 
Fitzy, is it fair to say you're the Steph Curry of the D1 baseball podcast? Is that you kind of just fair. dropped 50 on us right there? Yeah, no, listen, I mean, we can we can just kind of go that far. cruise through the regular season, <laughs> keep ourselves healthy, and then we're just going to light it up, man. Oh, gosh. Did you guys see that, that uh, Joel Embiid won the uh, Kurt Reed Award for the NBA? Ooh, see that? Did not see that. Have we done any further research on Kurt Reed? Joe, you're, you're I think hold up research. and hold up and cut and shoot. I heard at the uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> time, really time, time to spare. Like like any good researcher, I'm just really waiting for the information to come to me. Um, so you know anyone yeah. associated with SIU, I'm actually like, shocked. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm blown away that someone has not offered up who Kurt Reed really is. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it, we it's could fishy. tell you, but we'd have to kill you, uh, Joe. Joe, I do have a homework assignment for you for next uh-oh. year's D1 baseball staff retreat. I'd like you to reach out to the good folks at Time to Spare in Cut and Shoot, <laughs> Texas. See what kind of banquet facilities they have. What kind of, sure. <laughs> you know, do they do they host corporate functions? Just see if you get us some quotes. Runes, it would be easier for me just to drive up there and check it out. It's yeah. only like 30 minutes from me, 35 Yeah, minutes. we could just stay at Kendall's place. Oh, so there we go. Uh, is that we'll really the, bags the, on the, floor. the full Cut and Shoot experience, though? I don't know. Like, that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel like we're getting the – Getting the authentic cut and shoot experience. Although staying I'll put at the a Rogers couple of center blocks in the yard, you can get the full experience. Thank I mean, you. to be fair, if we're going to stay anywhere, we're not going to be able to stay in cut and shoot. I don't unless we're going to stay at somebody's house because I, I don't think there's. Well, I don't know. They do have a bowling alley now, so maybe they have like a a quality inn or something. There we go. All right, I'll stay in at the Rogers house. That's I'm out. I'm <laughs> Gentlemen, well done. Enjoy your games this weekend. Uh, everyone, have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next week uh, and next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. baseball podcast as part of the SiriusXM sports podcast network if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more please give a five-star rating and leave a review subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts meet gail her thing is being a supermom, and supermom has a lot on her supersized plate <laughs> ain't that the truth but at walmart pharmacy supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines we knocked it out during a grocery run no appointment that's next level supermom From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 